today on Start Today, Win Tomorrow, we're talking to Carter Kaufman. He is a real estate agent here in Orange County, been in the business for a little over two years and putting up some huge numbers. What's really cool about his story is we talk about his uh, battle with addiction. He has been sober for about nine years now, but it's really cool hearing his story about how he overcame his addictions, the people that helped to support him, and how he got from you know basically almost death to uh, being at one of the, one of the top agents here in Orange County in such a short amount of time. I think there's a lot of inspiration here, great, great points of view from him on how to have success in any business, and so I really think that you guys will enjoy this one today. tomorrow what's up guys today we have carter kaufman real estate extraordinaire wanted to welcome here today carter thanks for coming thank you for having me tell me a little bit about uh where you're from uh well i was born at hogue hospital in newport uh, i was raised um santa Ana, uh costa mesa newport beach eventually okay yeah so really close to here all right, nice. And so you you born and raised in Orange County your whole life. Yep, never left. Where did you did you go to school? Did you go to any college or anything like that? Uh, I I did a little bit at Orange Coast, just kind of lack of direction. You know, I didn't really know what I was doing or where I was going or kind of like what I wanted to do. So I didn't get very far. Like I did well in school. I'm like an A. I'm an A student. Right. When I apply myself, right. Right. Um, but I didn't really know where I was going, so it kind of fizzled out. Fizzled out, and so what, what, what would that look like? I mean, were you just kind of working part time? At- yeah, I was like delivering pizzas, or like for a while, I like sold shoes at Big Five. Um, did like the whole like work down on the peninsula at a different pizza shop, boat rentals. You know what I mean? Like, just kind of whatever was paying the bills at the time. Like floating, kinda, right? You know, right. What, what's interesting about your story though is that uh, is that you're now you're sober for how long now? Clean and sober. Uh, it took nine years. On nine years. This so month. so six days ago, nine years sober. Wow, wow. So it, tell me a little bit about that struggle and that that story there. I mean, because that really leads you into how you got into real estate, right? And kind of. Uh yeah well. What got me into real estate, um, I'll get to that, um, but yeah, it was kind of like my, my mom and my wife and, and, and just sort of, I was raised in a household where real estate was always a topic of conversation. Is that right? Not necessarily that my parents were like investors, but just sort of open-minded folks. Right. Um, took me to open houses and then I, I hit this point, you know, just kind of floating where it was like, well, I'm going to have a family one day and delivering pizzas is not going to do what I want to do. Right. Yeah. And so that so so you came from basically pizza delivery one yeah. day to go on fuck it I'm doing this we're gonna do real estate. Uh yeah well I'll I'll start from the top a little bit um I I was born like every there, alcoholism and recovery and addiction is a huge part of my story so I do want to touch on that a little sure, bit. absolutely I want to um, talk about that I I. I was born and raised uh, in Newport Beach. Right. I was given, you know, every opportunity um, through social circles and parents to, to like do something extraordinary, right? To be whatever I wanted to be. You know, you want music you, lessons. You were you want supported by everyone around you. Baseball lessons. You want like, what do you want to do? You want golf clubs? Like, right. you want like, what do you want? You right. Know, what do you want to do? <laughs> Just do, go go be excellent. Right. You know? And uh, 
just raised in a positive environment. My parents ended up getting divorced when I was, I don't know, uh, 11 or 12 or something, which right. is like normal, right? Sure, There's sure. nothing in my background that should have said like, you're going to be an alcoholic. Like there was no like warning signs, right? Right. But growing up, I, I think I, I always felt different, right? I felt like uh, my wife puts it really good. She, she says that she feels like she was sort of like waiting in line and everyone in front of her, you know, on day one of this life was just given this like handbook, like here's how to live life. Here's how to go to school. Here's how to commingle with, with your peers. Here's how to, um, here's how to, here's the blueprint job. Here's, here's the, the blueprint. map of, of yeah, how to do and then things. And I was at the end of the line kind of like, you know, what the fuck? probably anxious, you know, waiting in line. And I get up to the front and they're like, Hey Carter, we're fresh out of books <laughs> and you're going to need to figure this one out solo. And uh, I remember there was this event. I was probably 10 years old, and I'll never forget the, the way that this felt. Uh, it was <laughs> Newport Heights Elementary, you know, uh, a mile from here, less than that. Wow. And uh, <clears throat> I'm standing on the playground, and it's, like, hot out. We're at recess. And I look around, and every single person is wearing shorts and white tube socks. And I had on gray tube socks. And I was like, damn, I totally fucked this up. <laughs> so I always just felt like a little different. A little, is my little outsider, right? Yeah, I just always felt like I just, I, I always felt like I lacked, like I didn't have the answers, like I just didn't know how to live this life. And right. that's kind of, I think what- They carried what, you through your childhood and kind of kind of made you feel dude, a little I bit different. I still feel like that. Yeah. You know, like I'll look around and be like, damn, like, you know, just whatever it is. Like, I don't know if it'll, I'll ever outgrow it. Right. You know? And it's, I think now that sort of obsessive nature- that I have, which is, you know, what attracted me to drugs and alcohol and, 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 you know, whatever else it was, right. um, the need for, for something different is probably what allows me to be successful and and what you're doing now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just never, it's all, it's on your mind, right. All day long. I can't, you obsess about it, right. It's gnarly. I, I think, I think a lot of top performers, have that kind of trigger in their mind where they just get obsessive, right? Yeah. But I also think that that's there's there's some passion there too, right? It's, it's passion. you know it's passion, sure. it's obsession. It just becomes it becomes every day for you. Yeah. So so here we are. You're, I mean, obviously the, you, you challenged. You felt like uh, you were an outsider when you were a kid. But how did you get into a point where you know you're coming out of high school? Was drugs and alcohol introduced like at an early age? Honestly, yeah. Like <clears throat> all my. I think it's like commonplace now for, for people to experiment with drugs and alcohol in their, you know, early teens, right? Like it wasn't uncommon to like, you know, like all my friends by the time I had ever, you know, smoked a joint or, or drank that were like experienced, like they were getting hammered, uh, all the, like almost everyone I knew was like getting hammered every weekend. And I still had never had a drink. Wow. Yeah. This, this was in high school. This is in, uh, I, yeah, maybe, maybe my first time I ever got hammered, I was in high school. Okay. Yeah, and okay. there was guys getting hammered in, in junior, in junior high, high. Absolutely, yeah, like going right? to the football games and uh-huh. stuff. And I, like, I was, I always kind of was like looking for my group, right? Like right. throughout junior high and even elementary school and even into high school, like I was, I was like a skater, and then I was like you know an athlete, and then I was like I focused on my grades and school for a while, and I just like once I once I f- sort of the way it happened was. Buddy of mine's like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna buy some pot, and I'm like, he's like, do you want do you want in? And I'm like, I had no reason to say yes or no, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, right? Let's in. check this out. Let's check this out. How Let's old see. are you then? I don't know, fourteen probably, fifteen. I was a I was a I think a freshman or going into freshman year in high school, and I was like, yeah. Yeah, I do. I'll check and this out. Yeah, I'll check this out. And he's like, "Okay, cool. It's gonna be twenty bucks." And I'm like, "All right, cool." I got and 20. so I give this guy twenty bucks. I'm like working at you know the the, the like the photography processing place, uh, 
again, right down the street. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> and, 17th uh, street, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and he's like, all right, cool. So we're going to take this 20 bucks. We're going to like, the guy has to drive like an hour away to like get the pot. Right. And I'm like, all right. Like, I don't know how this, like apparently this, you know, <laughs> this is like how they do it in blow. It must be the same. Like right. this is, you know, some Scarface shit. Right. And, uh, you're feeling like a real gangster at the time, I'm right? Like, you're I'm like, a gangster. I'm breaking and, the rules. I'm, I'm 14. breaking the rules. Yeah. On my go ped, you know? And, uh, so they come back like two hours later and they hand me, which I know now was not $20 worth of pot. And, uh, they're like, and I'm like, okay, cool. So we smoked it. I don't even remember if I felt different, right? right? Like to me, it wasn't in the beginning, at least it wasn't like, here's this thing that makes you feel better. It was more like, here's this thing that is now like a sort of a common thread with you and the people around you. It was yeah. a social lubricant. Sure. It was like, now I can, like, I went from like, not being a stoner to like being a stoner overnight because it partly what it sounds like is that you found a group that you could kind of like connect with Dude, right you could sit there and talk about like your pot and bob marley and and the grateful dead or whatever like you were all full day on hippie then yeah rastafari <laughs> totally not right in hindsight but that's how it made me feel right, you know? right i was right, like right, all right, right. like I, fe- I, I found my click now yeah 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 you know what i mean so it's that a, there was a lot of influence on that on the, that group to you, right? Feeling like, a part of, right? Absolutely. Which is something everyone wants to feel. Sure. Um, and for me, that's just you know where where it clicked. It was like, okay, now you feel a part of. Right, right, right. So uh, w- tell me a little bit. Where did where did you go from there? I mean, obviously, so you're young. You're 14. You're starting to smoke pot. When did you start checking out other other stuff? Or was it uh, was it a progression? Or did it was it a progression? Like for me, so I'll just I'll just tell you and your, your listener base, like my thing was prescription pain, painkillers. Right. And I think that anyone who, who like has used substances or or drank, like you kind of like go through, like, let's just say you're like, let's just say you're like a wino. Like you didn't start out on day one, like just pounding wine. Right. Like you, you went through like all your different stuff until you found the stuff that worked for you. So like I experimented with this, that, the other thing, you know, and then I finally, once I tried painkillers, right, which were prescribed to me legitimately originally, right. uh, I was like, oh my God, like this just... feeling is, exists in, in, in these pills. And yeah. like, I have a tremendous amount of these pills at home. Yeah. So and it was wild. Like it was like, I found, dude. How old were you when you were starting to take pills at a high level? Um, I had, so I broke my collarbone, uh, snowboarding and and they had sort of, they prescribed me. I went to the doctor. They're like, yo, your collarbone's broken. Here's all these pills, right? And I, I know now that, like, I didn't need the number yeah. of pills they gave me. It was like, it was... They gave you, like, triple the just amount. Just insane. Right. Like, you know what I mean? And I don't regret anything because it led me to where I am today. Like, I wouldn't have met my wife had I not been in recovery. Um, I don't think I would be... I just, my life would be completely yeah, different. So I'm, I'm very thankful for my past. Right. And, uh, but anyway, well, I think you can see that because you're so open to talk about it. Right. I mean, here's the way I look at it. Uh, a lot of people are closed off about, about this kind of past experience. Like, right. you know, a lot of people want to, you know, throw a, a layer of, of whitewash or, or paint over, over like the, the dark crannies of their past. Right. Sure. And for me, sort of the cornerstone of, of my recovery is the opportunity to help other people who Absolutely. suffer from drug addiction and alcoholism. And I can't do that unless a lot of people know that I'm in recovery and I've been through it. So. Absolutely. And then, so that, is that a p- passion of yours to go out there, talk about your story, yeah. t- talk to other addicts? Absolutely. I speak regular. I go to meetings regularly still. I sponsor guys, which is sort of like a mentorship role okay. to people who are newly sober. Uh, I speak on panels at rehabs. I speak on panels at, 
you know, wherever I'm asked, that's one of the things I do is like, I'm sort of conditioned to say yes now. Okay. Awesome. If somebody needs help. That's such a big, I mean, you know, the world needs people like you that are willing to step up, talk through their truth, talk through their dirty past and and feel confident that they can talk through it. I mean, it's so, it's so important that there's people like that out there, you know? So I commend you for, for, for being a, being a, uh, a light when there's a lot of darkness around us. So, so what, what, where did that progress? So painkillers just was like daily. Like, what did that look like? I mean, Dude, 30, 40 a day. Unfortunately, was, I've known a lot. Unfortunately, I've known a lot of friends that have been in. It's super prevalent. Yeah. It's like, uh, I mean, you, you, you don't have to go far to yeah. find somebody who's been affected by like opiate painkillers. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. what happened was a buddy of mine, like, again, I was hanging out, I was, you know, two years behind on mm-hmm, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I made up for lost time. Um, a buddy of mine's like, Hey, instead of taking two every four hours, why don't you take four every two hours? And I'm like, that sounds novel. Why don't we run it? And, uh, like with just complete disregard for my well being, you know what I mean? Or, or like the risks associated with, so you take like up to 40 pills a day. I, I mean the number to me, it's, I always tell people this too. Like I took more than anybody else I know. Wow. Which, which isn't important um, because I truly believe that for somebody to be an alcoholic or an addict, it's not in how much you take or how much you drink that makes you that. It's how you respond to it. Sure. It's like, like I, treated, I treated opiate painkillers like, like they were oxygen or water, like I needed them to live. Mm. And I went to any length to ensure that I was going to have my share. That, I mean, that habit's hundreds of dollars a day, right? It's insane. Right, I mean, like uh, that's just incredible. How were you affording to even get that? What was that looking like? Just creative. It's the same thing. It's like assembling deals, right? Which is what I do right. now. Just finding ways. I mean, I, unfortunately, we had a we had a family friend, and um, she was addicted to pills as well. And man, she was selling other people's shit. I yeah. mean, she was, you know, going into. I've heard stories of people going into, you know, people that barely knows house and say, I "Have to go use the restroom." Yeah. Can I stop by real quick? Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. raiding their or their open f- houses now. Right, open yeah, houses. I've heard of that. Are huge, right? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Unbelievable. And so it came to a, where did that come to a turning point for you? Like, I mean, where, where, what was the apex of your, your addiction? Uh, and how old were you? Give me an idea on that. I was 20 years old when I got sober. Okay. And were you in real estate at that time? No, no. Okay. I was still, I was at the pizza shop and I got, I was arrested for possession and possession of pills of pills. Okay. And, uh, they took me to jail and I'm a mom's boy called mom and was like, mom, you got to get me out of here. They're, they're beating me up, you know? Uh, I would say whatever, like I'll say yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Get me time, the fuck out of this jail cell because I'm losing here. my mind, right? For sure. And she's like, all right, I'm going to bail you out, but you're going to rehab. And I'm like, yeah. Like, well, did she know you had a problem? For sure. It's okay. something that had popped up and like I, you know, everyone, like addicts have their way of sort of Hiding deceiving. In. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so it was like, it was like sort of the, the elephant in the room, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh I'm like, hey, you got to get me out of here. She's like, all right, I'll get you out, but you're going to rehab. And I'm like, whatever, you know? Right. So had I got you out. Done, have you, had you done anything in any kind of recovery I'd done like that? some outpatient stuff, but never took it serious, you right. know? They're like, hey, you need to stop like taking these pills. You need to stop drinking. You need to stop, you know, smoking weed. And I'm like, whatever, you know? Like right. I just, I wasn't about to hear it yet. Like I think there's a lot of people who have, you know, a strong influence around them and, you know, mom or dad or the job or, or, or the girlfriend or the boyfriend or whoever, they're like, you need to get sober. And it's like, really, you kind of have to hit a point in your life where it's like you, you need and are ready for and are asking for the help. Like yeah, you gotta no, stop absolutely. fighting. hundred percent. Right. There just comes a day where you're like, you cease I, fighting. I fucking I'm done here. Right. I'm done. And, and you, you felt that that day we were in the you know, jail cell like, or day, what was, no, I, I really didn't. Like when I got, out, when I got, I got bailed out and 
<clears throat> I went and I got some more mm-hmm. and, uh, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm in a boatload of trouble now. And you know, I had like a few hundred bucks and I'm going, geez, like, could I go like, how long could I live in Mexico off a few, like just wild thoughts, you know, a, a drug addict thoughts. <laughs> exactly. Right. The answer is like $300 won't last you very long in Mexico. Sure. So I wouldn't be able to live there for very long. Right. So finally, like that was one of my first moments of surrender. Right. Which was like, all right, like take me, you know? I'm and so, re- so you told, you told your mom, Hey, take me to rehab. I'm like, I'll go. And so how, what would that look like? 30 days, 90 days, 90 days, 90 wow. days inpatient. And then, uh, 90 what, days what does inpatient mean? You're in, you're like, you're, you're, you're at, living that you're house. Rehab. Yeah. Okay. Like I slept there. I well, ate there. What did that look like? I mean, was there, when you first came there, I would imagine the first week or two, you're full on fucking sick, right? Like I didn't feel good. Yeah. Right. I'm no. puking to sweats the whole nine. I honestly, it was kind of like, it, it was sort of a, paradoxical, right? Cause I felt physically terrible, right? But I finally felt like I could be like open and honest about my problem around the people who are, who are there with me. Like I, there's no reason to lie to sure. another, you know, addict or alcoholic about where I'm at because right. they're in the same boat. And like the people who are here, you know, administering the treatment or, or, or providing the guidance and the classes and things like that. Like I finally could like exhale, you know, like, Oh my God, I can finally just relax right. and be me, you know, that's such a weight off your shoulders. I would imagine. Dude, right? I was, yeah. And, and so, uh, yeah. Did I feel like hell for sure? sure but sure. was I sort of relieved to like, okay, secrets out. Like if I, I can be like, I don't have to like live two lives anymore. Sure. So you're there for 90 days. You come out of, you come out of that time. What, who you, who are you at that point? Man. Um, are you defeated? Are you feeling optimistic about the it's future? It's so weird. Cause it, in recovery, my experience is like that total utter defeat is necessary to recover. Right. And so like, had I had any more energy to keep going than I would have. Cause like I said, like I have this part of my brain that like looks at, you know, drugs and alcohol, like, like I look at water and air, like right. I need it. So right. had I any more energy in me to like go fight and get more than I would have, yeah. I was defeated. Yeah. So at, at day 90 or 93 or however many it was, Honestly, that's a good question, man. I, I don't remember exactly what my frame of mind was. I think my frame of mind was like, all right, I, I need to get my car back. I need to find a girl. Sure. To like, right. You know. I get want, my life back at, back at running in a, I need in to a get normal it, manner. Yeah, get it going again. Right. And uh, um, I, had, I had sort of assembled a group of people around me. Um, it's crazy. Like we talked about the prevalence of drugs and alcohol and, and their abuse in in honestly, specifically our community here in, right. Orange, in Orange County. County. It's gnarly. Especially man. Newport Beach, it's, Costa Mesa. Absolutely. Especially. So lucky for me, uh, it's pretty crazy. Now there's a group of us who are all graduates of the same high school, the same year. And there's, I want to say like 10 of us that have multiple years of sobriety. Wow. It's wild. And we were like so the total bond there because you guys have all been through we it. We've known each other. Yeah, yeah. And so thank God. Cause like, I'm not the kind Do you of think that it helped lead some of these people into sobriety that the, just the group of people that were around them that were becoming sober? Well, it's, it, it was easy for me because dude, I remember it was like one of the first meetings I ever went to while I was in treatment. Like once I finally felt good enough to go to AA meetings, they, they bring you out, you know, they load you into the van and they bring you out to these meetings. And <clears throat> I remember I'm standing there in front of a meeting one day and I just feel these arms come up around me, like this big bear hug from behind. I'm like, I don't know anybody. Yeah, right. Who are Get you? the fuck off. And I turn around and it's like one of my like homies, dude. From like back in the day. Homies. Yeah. Ryan. And I, I, what I tell, he's like my, he was like my shepherd. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he was like, without seeing him that, like I get choked up, dude. Yeah. Because like, I, I owe a significant portion of my life 
to know, him. I owe my life is today. Like that moment right there was like a turning point for me. It was like, cause you felt like someone you could connect with that was on the other side with you. He had they my were, back. They were, he had your back. Yeah. And did you know that he was sober? Yeah, and was I in did, that but space? we just drifted off. I mean, he was like progressing. He was growing and I was not. Right. Right. And so, <clears throat> is he yeah. still like one of your, your, yeah. yeah, absolutely. For sure. Okay. Yeah. He, uh, I just took nine years and he just took 11. Wow. Good yeah. For you. That's so we're killer. two years and two days apart. Y- it's like so that. important to have those people in your life that are leading the way. Yeah. As much as we all think we're leaders and we are in our own, own minds, we always have to look to somebody else, you for know, sure. that's pulling the weight a little bit longer, yep. a little bit stronger than you to help you get through those times in your life. So that's, that's great. What a blessing that he was in your life to come around and, and be that guy for you. And so he was, he helped you kind of get ease your way into that group and yeah, feel comfortable. Like, I, I mean, I just like tagged along, you know, like I, I sort of with, with him and through him sort of started to assemble this group of people around me who were, you know, positive influence type people. And, uh, he just let me tag along like, Hey, we're going to the movies. We're going to get dinner. We're going to play ping pong. We're going to the beach. We're going to do whatever. And I was like, yo, like, can I go with you guys? And he's like, of course you can. And so that's like how my journey into recovery started. Uh, Where would you have been if you kept going three or four more years into that pill game? Uh, You think you would have died? I think so. I was told when I took my year chip, one, and, and again, like the reason I share this specific detail is because people sometimes feel like they're facing an obstacle and they're beyond the ability to surmount that. Obstacle. Sure. 100%. And so whatever it is, right? Like I can't do this. Right. Um, <clears throat> I was, t- so I took my year chip. I invited my mom. What is the year chip? So people that don't know. Celebrate a year of sobriety. Right. So you stand up in front of your meeting and you share like, you know. You've been here for a year. I've been here for a year and this is what my experience is like. You know, thank you to the group kind of a deal. Right. It's an acknowledgement. You're being acknowledged for a year of sobriety. So when I took my year chip, I brought my mom and the lady who checked me in uh, to rehab was there that night. Mm. And so afterwards she's like, I mean, the, the failure rate in recovery is insane. Like. Same as real estate. Like you're, right. people like it's like 80% it's fall. Like, <laughs> oh, in real estate and in recovery, it's like, I know more people who have died who I was in treatment with than are still sober. Wow. So to tell, I mean the, the fact that you're more likely to die than stay sober, like, yeah. that's pretty crazy. Wow. So this lady, she's like, Oh my God, Carter, congratulations. Like I never would have thought you would have stayed sober. And I remember I was in a, I was in my group one time in treatment and they're like, there was like however many 20 of us in the room and they're like, the odds are that in a year there will be two people who are still sober. And I like looked around and like I saw this girl, I'm like, for sure she's still gonna be sober. And I was looking around like who's the other one? Like yeah. I didn't even consider myself as being a possibility. Wow. Just because the numbers are against you. Sure. So anyway, we're standing out in front of this meeting and I'm like, Mom, like this is the lady who checked me in, and she tells my mom, she goes, Hey, like, you're blessed. Like your son was the sickest human being that I have ever seen in my life. And this is a wow. lady who checks people into detox. So to be Again, the reason isn't like I'm, I'm, you know, some, some, I don't know. The reason is to, to share that you can, even if the odds are stacked against you big time, right? even if you're not supposed to recover, even if you're not supposed to, you know, pay down your debt or get that job or, 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 or mend your relationship. Like if the odds are stacked against you, like you still can't. Yeah. Like don't give up. Cause there's always opportunity for sure. People come in the right, the right timing. Yep. Things things happen the right way. If you, I believe exactly. you have to have a mindset. You have to have a, a vision of what you want in your life. And if 100%. you don't have that, if you've already given up, th- those people won't come in your life. Right. Because you'll block them. 
completely. You know, and if you have the, if you, if you're in that space and you're at a year and you're saying, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Yeah. You'll start seeing all the blessings come into your life. The people that are helpful, the different, you might read the right book. And that day it's just, it clicks, sure. you know, it's there's so something clicked at that one year. And was, it sounded like maybe that during that, 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 when she told you you were that sick, did that click to you? Or was it before that they kind of like, what, what made you go, I'm done here. We're, we're for, I'm for sure done. So that's because it sounds like at that year, one year, you were questioning whether or not you wouldn't be sober, right? I wasn't questioning whether or not I'd be sober. It was, this was like I was sitting in a group, maybe you know, thirty days sober when I was oh, okay. when, when this conversation oh, took okay. place. Oh, okay. And uh, I thought that was at the one year. I'm like, I, I, I didn't understand that. So the way I look at it is like I, I'm nine years sober, but it's ha- it occurs a day at a time. So right. every single day, I make the decision. Like if somebody asks me, do you think you'll never? like just like have a glass of wine again it's like if i put that thought in my mind i get so claustrophobic because sure. never is a long time sure, sure like if someone's like do you never want to have a glass of wine again i'm like man i don't know if i can commit like never is a long time <laughs> right like i might want a glass of wine before sure then, but i do know one thing i'm not gonna have a glass of wine today yeah so it's literally one day at a time yeah still that's huge that's a huge way of looking at it but too. now it's really normal to wake up and say nope not today so now i'm just in that pattern well, that, that's a, that's a huge story, bro. I'm very uh, very impressed that you were able to to get through that uh, time in your life because that certainly is uh, is is deep. And um, you know, congratulations on Thank that you. and being sober for nine years. So you're coming out. Let's talk about kind of how you broke into real estate because you're, you're 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 sober. You're yeah. a pizza delivery dude, right? Yep. yep. Basically, mm-hmm. how old are you? Twenty one. You said maybe yep. about twenty one. Uh, no, 20? I got into real estate when I was twenty six. How, how did that happen though? How did you transition into that? So I was managing this pizza place like down in Newport on the peninsula, just like late night. Original you know I mean? pizza or Laventina's? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was one of the two. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it's crazy because these jobs, like these like pizza delivery jobs, these restaurant jobs, these, you know, these like sort of uh, entry level, like I had everything I needed, you know, like sure. that job provided everything sure, I needed. Sure. Like I, you could have a decent car, like you yeah. could go buy yourself new shoes. Like sure. you could, you know, buy yourself a new, whatever. Like yeah. you could go on vacation. You could take time off. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you could do everything. You had a nice little lifestyle, but yeah. it wasn't maybe, maybe, maybe not enough. Right. You got the flexibility. And that's, I met my wife, <clears throat> dude, I met my wife when I was like, I don't even know, like two weeks over. No at way. A, at a meeting. Wow. Yeah. And, um, she's also in recovery. She is. Okay. Yeah. She's 10 years sober. Oh, wow. And, uh, <clears throat> or 11, 10 or 11, 11. She's 11 years sober. And, um, anyway, uh, so I met my wife. So you're pizza. You're in pizza. I'm in you pizza. Met, met your wife. I'm in pizza and, uh, I'm in pizza. Me, I'm in pizza. <laughs> I'm in the pizza business. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, uh, I'm moving pies. Right. Okay. And, right. uh, and I'm a really good pizza delivery person, by the way. <laughs> and uh, I, I, me and my wife are, damn, I think we've been dating, we've been together like 10 years now. So we've been married three and a half. So that's like right when I got into real estate. I got into real estate after we were married. So I was still delivering pizzas when we were married. Okay. And um, <clears throat> I just kind of had this like, I'd always like thought of real estate, like real estate's an option for me. Um, I even like ordered the box of books when I was like 18 or whatever, you know what I mean? Like all my to stuff. study, to get your license. Yeah. Like yeah. self-starter me, right. you know what I mean? Like yeah. sitting there doing my pills, like sure. looking at this dusty box of sure. real estate books. <laughs> um, and real estate was always like, I grew up in a house. I grew up. Okay. So I grew up in an affluent neighborhood. Right. 
by chance, like right. not because I think my folks were even qualified to live in this house. Um, we, I grew up in a house that was built in 1928. It was a duplex. It was like the last duplex in the area. Right. It was the oldest, beaterest, like just falling apart, electrical not working house that my mom made into like a little Shangri-La, like right. white picket fence, cottage style, like just made it super cute right. and like just super pleasant to like hang out on the patio. So she took this house, like everyone's like, oh, like what, what do you want? Like, well, I want modern. I want like tons of glass and like all this steel and I need like open concept and like, you know what I mean? Like today's real estate taste. Yeah, yeah. I need like friggin' elevator. Like I need like you know, a bowling alley, like people are subterranean garage. Yeah. <laughs> to park my like nine Aventadors, you know what I mean? Like everyone's got this, like this, like modern taste. And like, I learned from my mom that like creaky floors were cool. Yeah. That like character was cool. Character is cool, dude. Right. Uh, leaded windows were cool. Right. Um, original tiles are cool. Yeah. Like yeah. I learned that that was cool. And I learned like we lived in a duplex. So right. our stairs were outside. Yeah which was cool. That's yeah. unique. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we had two kitchens, which was cool. Like we had this old house that my mom just turned into this thing that was cool. And so and when so, you saw that, it kind of had some inspiration for yeah, you. To I that. think so. Like she would take me to open houses and stuff and just, she would talk about real estate around me and right. she would just be like, Oh, like, look at this. And she like, would be like, Oh, this, like, can you believe that brand new giant, enormous construction house? They just built like, God, how ugly is that thing? And I'm like, dude, honestly it is. Right. That thing's disgusting. Right. And, uh, and we get back home and I'm like, dang, my house is cool. Yeah. And so that was like how I got sort of introduced to like the idea of like a, like enjoying maybe the, a property home. and we kind of home, right? Home. Right. Yeah. Like home is not a place. It's a feeling. Right. Right. Is right. The saying. So and you really connected with the idea of a home and, home and what it meant to someone. I connected with the idea of home. And so that always kind of followed you throughout your, your life as a child and into, into adulthood that, that you enjoyed kind of that vibe, right? Yeah. So and real estate kind of stuck out. The thought was always like, eventually I'll get to real estate. Mm -hmm. Like eventually I'll get to real estate. And right. then now I'm married working at a pizza shop and I'm like, dang, like I have, I have some like ambitious goals, you know what sure. I mean? Like if I ever want to, if I ever want to live in one of the communities that You've if I ever want to live in the community I grew up in, yeah, I better do something different. Sure. Cause pizza is not going to get me here. Right. And, um, and so I was like, screw it. So I, 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 took all my real estate courses. I took my, uh, my test, um, passed my tests on the first try. And they gave me this letter saying like, Hey, there's still some stuff like you passed, but you don't have your license, your, your license yet. Right. And I'm like, dang, what's this all about? And oh like, shit. It was all your, it was all your, it was your my history. Pass. Yeah. yeah. It was my pass. Cashing so up. it took me a year from the day I passed my test. It was like a year and two days or something to get my license. And in the meantime, like so discouraged, man. Like I just, I spent like, you know, not an insignificant amount of time taking these courses, sure. preparing and sort of like visioneering my life yeah, around right. what my new field was going to be. And, uh, and the income you were going to gain, the people you're going to meet and just kind of like, totally. Yeah, that would have been. Just, and so then I'm just told like, you question Hey, we're not ready then. No, never. No. Okay. Yeah. No, never. There's been times where I'm like, dang, is this really what I want? Yeah. But few and far between. Right. And mostly due to like internal struggle. Not sure. Not because like, oh, I stubbed my toe, so I'm going to like go, you know, right. get hammered. So, so, uh, so, so you, you finally get your real estate license and then did you start working for K at Case Dude, right I away? I called Kevin right. Sturdivant at Case um, before I had my license. Right. Actually, I didn't even call him. How I shot did you him know? A text. 
a buddy of mine, it's funny, like six months prior to me getting my license, so I passed my test and I'm still waiting. A buddy of mine's like, hey, you should, you should check this guy out on Instagram. Um, he's like young and he's killing it and he's inspirational. And I like looked at his page the first time and I'm like, nah. And right. like, because, not because I didn't like what I saw, because I really did. And I, there was like a jealousy, like, dang, like this guy's living his dreams and like, I'm, I can't right now. Right. And so eventually I'm like, all right, like I need to... I had this fear that I was like, they're going to be like, here's your license. And then I'm going to be like, oh shit. Like it's day one. Yeah. And like, now what do I do? Now so, it's time to start. Right. Yeah. Now so I didn't want to, I didn't want to feel like that. Like right. I wanted to get some momentum. So I eventually I followed Kevin on Instagram and I like watched his successes and I was like, all right, this is somebody I jive with <clears throat> and he jives with me. He just doesn't know it yet. And, uh, he didn't know me. And so, so I, he made this post about somebody who had reached out asking for a minute of his time or for Hey, can I take an hour of your time? And it's funny, people hit me up now and they're like, Hey, can I take an hour of your time? And I'm like, I'll never forget the way Kevin framed this. He's like, like if your first attempt at like making a connection is to take, like how well do you think that's going to go? So I'm like, Oh man, like I saw that. And I was like about to reach out and, uh, he posted this thing and I'm like, Oh man, I don't want to, I don't want to frame it that way though. Right, right. So I just shot him a text cause I know he's super busy. And I was like, here's who I am. Here's how I can be helpful to you. I'm willing to do whatever. All I want to do is tag along. And he hit me back and was like, Hey, I'm doing this talk tomorrow. Like, why don't you come? And I'm like, all right, cool. And then shook his hand at the thing along with everyone else who was there. And, and he's like, here, talk to my, talk to my admin. And so I talked to her and she's like, yeah, you know, if you want to like cruise through the office tomorrow and see what the vibe's all about. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, you know, all right, like, let me check my work schedule. Sure. And, (laughs) uh, and I didn't, I didn't know it, but the day I went and saw him talk, like, that was a Tuesday. The next day was a Wednesday. And that's the first day I went into the office and I didn't know it yet, but that was my first day of real estate because I've gone every day since like I've done real estate every day since that day. Wow. Um, and how long ago was that? This was geez Louise mid 2016. Okay. So it's only been a couple of years. You've been in the business two and a half years. Wow. Two. Well, no, it wasn't that. Yeah. Well, two thousand. Yeah. Two, two and a half years, something like that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And so what was your, cause you had not, you didn't have your license yet. So, no, but like, you still, Yo. you started, you started, were you your like, assistant to him or kind of hanging yeah, around? Like, like, like what, what do you need me to do? Like right. set up signs. You want me to go door to door and just pass these flyers out for you? Like just some exposure. So that right. when I show up on day one, it's not day one. Like I'm already like, all right, cool. And now I'm good to go. Was he paying you? No. That's so, that's so rad that you decided, you know what? I want to learn this business. Yeah. I'm going to find someone Dude. who I can be mentored by yeah, and I'm going to give them value yeah, and they're going to, I'm going to learn from the best and I'm not, I'm not asking them for anything right in return. It was like, it was like from my first day to getting my license for my first day of real estate to getting my license. I think it was like four months or something. So I was wow. going to do real estate all day, like nine to five. Wow. And then like I'd race home, like throw on like my old beater sweater and like go down to the pizza shop. And so I think there was a one point where I worked something like, 85 days in a row or something wow. like that. It was like gnarly. Like I was worked. Wow. Cause I had to, I, that was my income. Like I had to, you know, sure. and then, uh, I eventually got my license. I'm still working at the pizza place and, uh, I got my first deal. How did and, you get it? Uh, my mom had this rental property that was falling apart and she's like, she bought it in 2010, like short sale. And, uh, and she's like, all right, like I'll let you and Kevin sell it. And mm. I'm like, all right, cool. And so she like, it was kind of, it was a layup. And, uh, 
and we were like in escrow and I was still working at the pizza place and I'm like counting down like the days to close. I'm like, I don't know if it's going to close. I'm like trying to figure out like how much am I going to earn from this? And I was like, they say you're supposed to have six months saved up of income to, before you start real estate or you're, you're asking for trouble. And so like I had maybe a month and I was like, fuck it. And I threw my hat over the fence. Like the way I put it is like, uh, in, uh, the sandlot, like the Babe Ruth ball goes over the fence Yeah, and it's not like, are we going to go get that ball? It's like, we have to go get that ball. Sure. And so that was kind of how, what I did. I just called the pizza place. I was like, yo, like how long do you need me? And he's like, you know, to finish out your week. Like uh, me and me and the owner by this time, I mean, I worked there eight, nine years and he knew where I was going. And sure. I mean, that, that's incredible, bro. So you're telling me that you get your first deal. I didn't even you, close my first deal. You didn't even close it yet. You've got a little bit of scratch in the bank, not enough to get you anywhere. You quit, you get that check and you're, you're game on. And this is, and this is mid 16. Dude, I'm like game on. This is mid 16. Uh, God, when was this? I'm trying to remember. Cause I got, I got rookie of the year for Keller Williams in all of Southern California, like from Orange County down to Mexico. Right. Really, I was right. the highest producing first year agent right. in the whole region. Wow. Which was kind of cool. And I it, think that was for 16. That was for well, 16. Okay. Okay. So 16, what what are that what are those numbers look so like? So I guess it was end of 2015 that I hit up Kev. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. But still, nonetheless, you're not even you're two year two and a half, you're not even two and a half years into the business yet. Maybe yeah. now. 16, Maybe now. Seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm two and a Almost three. Wow. Yeah. Fuck. That's incredible. And I think that's what I, you know, when I looked at like, hey, I'm going to have Carter on. I think he had a cool story with sobriety and mm-hmm. beating that. But dude, the fact that you've been in the business and you have the momentum in real estate the way that you do is just incredible. So mm-hmm. tell me, so 16, you did how much in volume? 16, I did something like, I was, my first year I basically split everything. Yeah. Uh, so my first year I did something like 10 million in volume. Which is huge. Right. Which is fucking huge for, for, for a rookie. Yeah. 17 was how much? 17 was last year, and I did like 15 or 16. Right. And then this year, you're slated. I mean, what do you, what's your goal for this year? This year, I'd like to do 40. Wow. I think I've closed, I don't know, like seven or eight. Wow. So far. It's incredible. And like 15 or 16. I've, and four, I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna do forty million. That's my thing. That's that's fucking incredible, bro. Tell me, tell me, what are you doing to get your business? I mean, what does that look like? What does your day look like as far as uh, from a sales perspective? <laughs> well, I have a I have a six month old at home, so my day is like not as regimented as it was when I first started. Thank you. Um, I well, like, do you want to know what the day should look like or what the day actually looks? What's like? What's the day actually look like <laughs> for you to do forty million this year? Oh man, is it, be- is, is, does that change your 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 thought process on that forty million that you have a six month old? Because I know it certainly is hard for me when I had my first kids. It, it changes everything. Dude, one of my clients when I like I was like, hey, I'm having a I'm having a baby, and he's like, oh, are you having Middle Eastern guy? He's like, are you having a boy or a girl? And I'm like, I'm having a girl. He's like, Carter, you're gonna be very rich. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I just I know you, and girls bring financial wealth to the family. Wow. So you're gonna be very rich. That's just the Middle Eastern kind of, you know, yeah, wife's like tale, he almost, right? Like, he almost like took me, like, you know what I mean? Like, like, Carter, I have something to tell you. You're going to be very rich. And I was like, <laughs> you're like, yes, tell like, me more of this. I was like, <laughs> so, uh, so but with the six month old, what does that look like for you nowadays? I mean, like, I know you spend the time in the morning with them or are you, are you? Yeah, it's bad. I don't even like admitting what my schedule looks like. Cause it's not as dialed in as it should be. Part right. of that is having a six month old. And part of that is, uh, 
you know, not making it a priority. Uh, then, then let's back it up. What what did it take for you to do ten million your first year? What what was your work ethic like? What did that what did that day look like for you? How many it hours? Was like, were you... I didn't have any business, so I have one job, and that's to go find business. And so you'd start how early? I mean, give eight me an o'clock. eight o'clock yeah, in the morning. Yeah, like morning meeting at five days a week at eight o'clock, and I wasn't wrapping it up until you know, five because I didn't have any clients and so no clients were calling me back after five. Right. So my job was go talk to people. So like, was that at the coffee shop? Was that on the phone? Was that, you know, at the doors? Was that at the park? Like, was that at a party? Like my goal was just like, I made it my goal one time. I'm like sitting there. I'm like, I should just go meet everybody. Right. And like people are like, what do you mean everybody? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't really want to put a limit on it. I don't mean all the people on my street. Meet everybody. I want to meet card. everybody. I sure. want to meet every person. Right. And like, I just sort of leave it vague and open like that. Like I want to meet everyone. Sure. And so for so someone starting in the business, you know, fuck, I feel like you're a rookie in the business. You're only I two am. years in. It's Dude, crazy, bro. It's like, I, I just, I, I guess what I want to do is for, for the listeners that are thinking about breaking into real estate or in real estate, like where's been the secret to your success? I mean, what, what do you think that, that, what do you think is a differentiator from you to the next guy that you had a lot of success in the business as early as you have? I think like authenticity. You know what I mean? Um, and sort of cr- like figuring out how I can provide value. To- Everyone knows a realtor. Right. Like, I mean, you're a loan officer like, right. or a lender. How, how many? You have a thousand realtors. A thousand realtors. Okay. And you recently bought a home. Yep. From a guy who you'd never worked with before. Right. Because he brought you value. Sure. <laughs> it's like, I'm reaching out to people like, how can I help? Right. And if they're like, I don't need any help. Then I'm like, all right, then I'll go talk to your neighbor. And I'm like, how can I help? They're like, well, we're looking for this, but I already got a realtor. I'm like, I'll race him. I'm going to find it before him. Right. And now I have a whole new goal. Like this guy's looking for this. Let me go find that. Sure. So that's a really good excuse to go talk. Like if so, so some guy's like, oh, I need a, I need a 4,000 square foot house on a 10,000 square foot lot with a pool. Right. Well, it's like. I got a guy. Well, now I have a bullseye. Sure. You know what I mean? So that's a really good reason to go talk to everyone who owns a home like that. Right. And so is every one of those guys a seller or, or none of them? Like, I'm not sure, you know, but through that, like through just like taking one piece of leverage and then going out there and like multiplying it, like, okay. So now I knock on, you know, 4,000 with a 10,000 lot in a pool. And he says, yeah, you know, I'm thinking of selling this one and I have this other one over here. Um, and this, that is lead one leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. I like that. I I like that concept. I wish I could really pinpoint it down into, it's almost like you had to have a a goal in mind. Like you had to have like a target to hit to even aim the arrow. Right. It's like, if you don't have anything going on, hit up agents who have vacant houses they have listed that have been on the market for a hundred days and they're not holding them open anymore and be like, yo, let me hold open your open houses. Right. And I'm going to do it right. And like provide value to that agent though. Sure. Too. Sure. Don't just be like, Hey, can I steal all your leads who want to buy this house? <laughs> right. You know what I mean, be like, Hey, I'll do an open house, put in, put in the remarks that there's going to be food there. Like I'll bring drinks. I'll make sure all your, I'll come pick up your signs from you. I'll set all your signs up. And then all, all I'm asking is that I get to pass out my business card when people come in. I think if you look back at the fact that you chose to work with Kevin, who's a legendary agent, right? Right. And mentor, he became, he became a mentor for you. You learned from him for four months. I would imagine for anyone that's starting out in the business, it's like identifying your marketplace. Yeah. Who the top guy is that you can drive with. Yeah. And just give value. 
and work underneath them and it's, not, not look for any money for a while. For sure. But you're going to learn from the best and yeah. you're going to rock and roll when you come out the other side. I mean, it's a perfect example of a guy who's been in the business for two years. If you did not have someone like Kevin to kind of guide you, you probably would have done really well. But dude, you wouldn't have catapulted in two years to where you're at now talking about, I'm going to fund, I'm going to close out 40 million for the year. For sure. You know, it's just, that's just incredible, uh, incredible, uh, foresight that you had at the time to go, you know what? I need to give my time and energy to someone that knows what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people think that way. If you're new and you're going to go find somebody like that, like make sure that person has time for you. You know what I mean? Because Kevin had time. Kevin's an excellent coach. Like he not only is an agent, but he's a coach. Like he coaches people. He invests his time and energy into helping people achieve their goals, not just in real estate. That's true. So like I got lucky because I didn't really know he was a coach, right? Like that's a good point because a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of agents out there would not have the skill sets to give you the nuggets for sure. Coaching that Kevin maybe, maybe would have given you or the time, right? Like, there's, there's a lot of agents who are actually agents. And then there's a lot of agents who slap their name on their machine. Sure. Right. Like you can have an awesome machine that sells a ton of real estate, but when I hire, you know, whoever, like, am I getting that person or am I getting their machine? Sure. So the same is going to be said for when you go reach out for mentorship, like it, it might not be the top guy. Uh, John, John Kane's a good friend of mine. And when his story is very similar in that fact that he went and worked for a top agent in the marketplace, Yep. learned from her, Yep. Then found the next biggest fish in the, in the pond, which was, uh, you know, McMonagall worked right. for him. He's putting himself in, in positions where he can learn from the best. And I think that's such a big takeaway for people. You have to be around the best to, yeah. to rise to that level. Well, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time. With. I, I believe that more than ever these days. Yeah. And I'm trying to elevate myself every time, every, every time I can to find new, new friends, new mentors. It's, yeah. I mean, it's such a, it's such a game changer. Dude, I was thinking about who you've had on this podcast and I'm like, dang, I'm in good company. You know yeah. what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is cool. Yeah, like, no, I, we, I'm a small fish, you know, but like just to even be, I uh, think, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, bro, you're going, you're going big places. I can tell from just your energy, the, the person that you are and who you've become. And, and dude, I mean the, 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 the volume and the, the, the amount of real estate you've sold in the last two years, bro, that's, that's really impressive. It's not easy to talk to people. It's not easy to sell real estate. It's brutal. Fuck. It's, ter- it's actually very difficult. It's terrible to 10 million. Seems like it's not that big of a deal. That is a lot of volume for someone to come out the first year yeah. and, and work with Newport beach, Costa Mesa, right? Very detailed, uh, son of a bitch, sellers Dude, and, and buyers. Thing, people, people might be saying, like, I don't know, maybe a listener's going, "Well, you grew up in that neighborhood, and you probably have family, friends, or whatever." And it's like, dude, that's not the case. Like, I was a piece of shit right. growing up. Like, I was like the kid who threw rocks at windows. I was the kid who drank too much in high school. I was a kid who, you know, then I was like the pill guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't like earning the trust of my, you know my friend's parents. Sure. Sure. Right. So yeah. it's not like I just started doing real estate and I was you had like Mr. Everywhere. Goody two shoes. Sure. And I just had all these deals come to me. It's like, no dude, every one of my deals with the exception of my first deal, which was given to me by my mom and my, I don't know. I, I've helped, uh, two friends buy and sell. Sure. I mean, it's part of being a realtor for sure, but it's not like, Everyone's you just like, had this I massive just like influence. Show up yeah. And I had like all these rad listings. You it, know what I mean? It was hard work. It Dude, was, was foresight, you know, waking up early. Bro, it was not staying on. late. So when I like had no business, I was like, all right, what would be like the most difficult streets to knock in <laughs> Newport in Orange County? Yeah. Well, no, because there's not even that many difficult ones in Newport. In Laguna Beach, there do there's some brutal streets. And I'm like, okay, it's like mid-July. Who else is knocking on these? I'm sweating through my shirt. I'm just a, like, I'm a mess, bro. Like 
<laughs> I was like getting fit. The hill, you're going up the hills and shit? Up and down the hills oh, yeah, in yeah. the sun. Like just brutal, dude. Like, and nobody else was doing that. I guarantee you. What made you do that? What was, what, you just knew that the next door was going to be a yes eventually? Or what was your idea? Well, I think it was a number of things. It was more like fear of failure, maybe. Sure, like, yeah. Jesus. Like, I don't want to have to figure out a new path. Well, here's the thing. Like I said, I threw the ball over the fence. Yeah. The Babe Ruth ball was over You're the fence. I had no other options. You were going on. I didn't like, I tell people this. They're like, well, I want to keep like, you know, one shift at the place. Or like, I just, you know, I'm not going to give up my, my, my like little side thing I do. And I'm like, dude, if you want to do well, regardless of if it's real estate, finance, filmmaking, music production, like whatever it is, if you've got some little side thing you're doing, then you're not all in. Yeah. There's no question. If you leave yourself a plan B, if you always go to sleep at night going, well, there's plan B. Yeah. What do you think your performance is? It's like, it's half ass. Dude, I had to make real estate work. So it did. Uh, what are your daily routines like? I mean, I mean, obviously the baby's kind of throwing those off a little yeah. bit, but I mean, is there something that kind of gets you to a point where like you're ready to take on the day? Are you mm-hmm. reading, meditating? Are you? I tell do. Me a little I have bit about a really, that. really regular routine actually. So the time I wake up, um, it used to be like six. Now it's like eight because I'm you know up several times in the night, like listening <laughs> to a baby cry and, sure. and figuring that out. Um, so I'm up in the morning, drink the same amount of coffee out of the same exact cup every day. I drink room temperature coffee just because that's how I want to do it. But it's like routine, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the emphasis here is routine. Um, I pray every single morning. I say please, right, to God or the universe or you know whoever you believe right. in. And then I meditate for several minutes. Yeah. And I just sort of get quiet and I think about um, ab- just like abundance, right? I try to think like in the frame of like service and abundance and 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 value. And I just sort of like sort of absorb like a good energy. I, I, I try to thank the universe. I go through a process called AID okay. where it's like, I'll go through what I appreciate. Okay. Here's all the things I appreciate. I appreciate, you know, my wife, my child, my friends, my family, my car, my house, my cat. Um, my, uh, I train jujitsu. I'm appreciative of jujitsu. I'm appreciative of opportunity, current, uh, clients, past clients, future clients. Sure. Uh, I'm grateful for connection. I'm grateful for opportunity. And you're running these all through your head. Yeah, dude. And I just go over like, these are all the things I appreciate. Um, I go over the way I intend to feel. I intend to feel cool, calm, confident, collected, respected, inspired, and inspirational. Like I go through all this in my head. Like this is, I want to feel like I'm making baskets and sinking putts all day long. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like just draining. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Love and, that. and then I delegate to the universe, which is where I sort of thank the universe in advance for allowing all me to, abundance. yeah, for all, for, for A, B, C, and D. So thank the universe in advance for providing me to the opportunity to meet awesome people, uh, who, who I can provide value to and who provide value to me, whose goals line up with mine. Uh, thank you for allowing me to meet, uh, you know, ready, willing, and able, motivated buyers and sellers of luxury real estate who are super cool people, excited to work with me and excited to refer me to their family and friends. Wow. Thank you in advance universe for providing me with that. Love that. Yeah. Spend, spend 10 minutes, 20 minutes it's on like that. like a 10 minute routine sure. in the morning. Sure. Yep. Nice. And then, and then is there, are you reading, reading any books? Are you a book I'm reader? I'm so bad with reading. Like I acquire books, right. yeah. but I don't read them. And someone's like, why don't you listen to them on audiobook? And then I'll download books and, and then I don't listen to them. Yeah. Yeah. I really like, I don't know if it's a goal of mine to, to read more, but I, I know for sure. I wish I spent the time doing that. 
yeah, I just, I think it's a routine thing. I think I can't find a spot in my schedule because I'll like pick up a book, I'll read a chapter, the next day I'll read a chapter and then I'm just like, this doesn't work for my schedule. Sure, right sure. So I need to find the time where I can maintain that sort of every day or every other day at this time I'm doing this thing and I just haven't found it with reading yet. Yeah, no, it, it is hard to get that time in because it's like, you think that you're unproductive, you know, but then at yeah. the end of the day, it's so important to read because you're picking up nuggets and it's just, it's for good sure. for your brain and all that stuff. But, um, where do you want to be in 10 years? What does 10 years look like for you? I've always looked at real estate <clears throat> as sort of a, a working education for me. I want to understand real estate. Like I, I want to understand like the deeper dynamics. I want to understand housing. I want to understand like I want to understand real estate. The way I envision my business is like as much as I, man, there's some guys who I hold in the highest regard. You mentioned one of them, two of them. John Kane is one of them. Kevin Sturdivant, my mentor, is another. And I think everyone's kind of got to have their own style, right? Right. Like if, I, if I put on a suit every day, um, it's going to feel unauthentic. Yeah. And so the way I envision my business as being somebody who just provides tremendous value, who makes things happen just by being there who can wear my Vans and, you know, my Patagonia and a t-shirt sure. and, and, and serve my purpose of connecting buyers and sellers and just providing so much value that it doesn't matter if I'm wearing nice leather shoes or a suit jacket. Like I, that's just kind of my style. Like yeah. there's another guy out there who works my market who does very well, Tim Carr. Yeah. And the guy's just so relaxed, man. Like rides his bike to appointments and just, you know, crushes. I've never seen the guy in a suit and yeah. he just crushes yeah. and he owns income properties. Yeah. And I actually just closed escrow on my first income properties. Oh, yeah, congratulations. I saw that on Instagram, bro. Thank Congrats. You, thank That's you. huge. Yeah. Looks like a good opportunity too. I mean, it looks like you could make some dough on that yeah. one. Yeah. There's a temptation to flip it because I got a good deal on it, but I, I, I don't know. I want to have like a, I want to have a piece of this earth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so that's my vision. It's a working education. Real estate is, um, Go, volume goals, any type of sales goals that you have 10 you, years from now. Yeah. Damn, are you, are you still working real estate? For sure. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think like, I think as I progress in my profession and in my field that like day to day, like residential resale will make up less and less of a percentage sure. of my day and of yeah. my time and of my energy and investments. Um, I don't know that I'm necessarily like a new custom home builder, Yeah. but I think I'm a landlord. Yeah. I think I'm a, a guy who can provide like an awesome experience to tenants sure. and, and, uh, provide like sort of a, sort of a pride of tenanthood. I sure, guess. No, right? no, yeah. I can, I can get that. I can yeah. Get like that. I just want to like, I want to own a bunch of units and I want to, and have a know, great place for people to live and not feel like a dick, you know, landlord and keep them up nice and you know, just be a I nice was on the phone with this lady today who I met door knocking like two years ago and I called her and, and she's like, what did she tell me? She said, uh, she said, uh, pigs get fat. Hogs, Hogs get slaughtered. Get slaughtered. Yep. And I'm like, oh, that's so rad. <laughs> so you can still be a pig. Like you can still like, yeah. you can still earn a killing. Right. Yeah. And, and, and be okay. But if you're a hog, like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not out there to, to like slumlord it and have no, a bunch of definitely shit property. Not. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I, I want to acquire units. Good deal, man. Hey, listen, I want to thank you for coming today. It's yeah. been a great, uh, a great uh, podcast. I think you're going to have some really good nuggets for people to take on. Maybe people that are struggling with addiction yeah. you know, can, can uh, learn from you. And for sure. People that are in real Reach estate. I mean, abs absolutely. Where can we find you? Uh, shoot, you can find me on Instagram. Instagram? Carter Kaufman underscore. Carter Kaufman underscore at the end? I think so. I just changed it. Because some kid has every version. Some, I think it, 
I should probably check. <laughs> Some kid who's like nine has every variation of my first and last name already spoken for, and he like hasn't posted a photo since with like the 2014. Case? Same same spelling. Oh my god! Uh, and then you're also uh, Case Real Estate. You can Google search you there yeah. or what? Case Real Estate. You have your own K-A-S-E, website? Uh, Carter Okay, perfect. Yep. Main way would be my Instagram. It's Carter Kaufman underscore. Carter Kaufman underscore. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things we end every podcast with is what could you start today? To allow you to win tomorrow. Dang, what can you start today to allow you to win tomorrow? You could start, and I learned this from somebody else, Kevin Sertivant. <clears throat> you don't need that new pair of shoes, those white tube socks, that new jacket, that new car, that new house, that new girl, that new who, whatever, whoever. Like You don't need that next thing to be successful tomorrow. Like You're already that person. So try to channel the energy today that, that that thing or that person or that circumstance would provide you to be successful tomorrow. Like believe you are. Like I say every day, I'm a millionaire. I am valuable. I am loving. I am loved. Like you already are those things. Nothing that you buy or own or this is going to get you to feel. Dude, I closed escrow on my houses yesterday. I was like expecting to like cry or like be super emotional and like, I literally was like sitting there yesterday on my couch going, I don't feel any different at all. Right. <laughs> right. Cause those things don't change you. <laughs> they don't, yeah. they really don't. Yeah. So like you're enough today. You're enough. That's it. Like be enough today. I like that. Good deal, brother. Appreciate you coming. Thank you. Thank you, bro. I really appreciate it.